Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Barnes University Radio. It is Senior Bowl time. The Senior Bowl game is Saturday. And, uh, you know, it's good to have, you know, football in between waiting for the Super Bowl. Um, You know, these guys, these future players, future NFL players um, are fighting for their right to partay in the NFL, in the NFL ranks. I really enjoyed watching it this year via virtual senior bowl. They had it set up for us for those that didn't get to, you know, actually physically be there, um, which I would have been there this year. But, you know, I guess they were putting high priority guys there because of the current condition of the world. So for that being said, the virtual um, access were, was is cool. Had some technical difficulties. Jim Nagy, we're going to have to talk about that. But other than that, it was a great experience. It was very excited. Um, of course, you know, I have to mention um, the whole debacle in the stock market during the time of me being so excited. Really wish I would have probably devied my attention to the stock market. Um, but, you know, passion is passion. But I'm definitely going to be more watchful of that during these times. Anyway, let's talk about the Senior Bowl. Um, Some of my thoughts. A lot of the things with the defensive backs and the wide receivers, I would, if Senior Bowl didn't occur, I would have still got the same eval. Same guys. Um, But just for podcast sake, who really stood out? Who was better than I actually thought? I had gotten win on this player that I'm about to mention that just coming it's coming across my mind. I have a list of all the players that went to the senior bowl, but there's one player that specifically stands out to me in my head as I talk that I I got wind on it later. Tape showed it a little bit, numbers, even statistics showed it, but I just personally didn't see it. But these one-on-ones that you know zoomed in how this player actually operates was very impressive. Now, the player is wide receiver Kate Johnson. He on you know watching normal tape, you don't get the close-ups, you don't get necessarily how a player moves efficiently. And let's let's all settle this. A lot of people look at the game a certain type of way. These they look at it singularly, right? Uh, it's one-on-ones. They look at you can't definitively get anything from one-on-ones. This is just basically practice. Well, I beg to differ. You get how players respond. Everybody's watching them when they go one-on-one. All eyes are are, on them. How do they compete when they're going against a feisty defensive back? How do they run routes? You get to see repetitively how they move, how much flexion they have in their ankles and their hips. Do they? How do they run routes? What is their body language? Are they good salesmen? All of this stuff comes into play. And the flip side for a defensive back, you know, what? How does he play? How does how is his backpedal? How is his um, uh, same thing? Flexion, hips, everything. And, and and a guy that comes to mind, and a lot of people took wind of him was Richie Grant out of UCF. He was a question mark. Um, watching tape on him. Um, because he was flash, he flashed very inconsistent when I saw him in the games that I watched. Um, and then I questioned his hips. He doesn't have any wasted steps, but he has very narrow and, and I, and I have to watch myself when I say stiff hips, not necessarily stiff, but he's built very narrow. They don't open up like, let's say a, 
you know, a, a guy like Byron Jones comes to mind, how flexible he is in the in the midsection and with his hips. They don't open up like that. They're very narrow and stiff, but he the fact that of the matter is he has no wasted steps. There is no false steps in his game, so he covers ground and kind of covers how he's built. So if that makes sense, that's that's kind of two guys that come come to mind, Kay Johnson and Richie Grant. And the explanation for Kay Johnson is the guy just is a route technician. He he sells he sells his routes well. Um, you know, he he run, he runs his routes with pace. You know, and what I mean by that, let's say if you're running a a, a zig route, he he knows how to get off of press early, set a guy up on the inside, flip his hips and get back. He knows during each phase of the zig when to explode, when to accelerate, when to decelerate. He does an excellent job at that. And on top of that, his hands, his mitts a little bit bigger than I thought it was. He he can catch excellently. Um, you know, good hand-eye coordination. His his stock, as they say, is rising, as is Richie Grant. And the reason why Richie Grant is is rising as well is because he provides special teams value. And to me, I, I think of his position as a guy that's uh on tape, just strictly by tape. He looked like a guy that could play free, free safety. Um, he competed at in Mobile very well. He could play in the slot. And he can play on special teams. And then you look at K. K. Johnson. He's a guy that can play in the slot at that receiver in a West Coast system, dinking and dunking, and, and then the occasional uh, deep shot down the field using him. He reminds me of Bobby Wade, for those that love comparisons. Bobby Wade used to play for the Titans. Um, I, I grew up a Titans fan, so I'm always going to always have comps in my head that's more specific to the Titans. But, I mean, outside of – um maybe a guy you don't know like Bobby Wade I would say um he's very similar to a Danny Amendola um I think that's a solid comp as well and um you know I think he can be that type of guy um I think he can be a volume catcher as well um he's very smart obviously he's small those are negatives he's very small um he isn't just a burner so those things come into play when you're evaluating K Johnson Richie Grant, he's a guy that, you know, like I said, the build of him is a bit different. Um, can he sustain against bigger, more physical guys? Uh, some of his biggest, best reps came on bad quarterback play. And uh, can you do it against elite when you when the guy that's across from you is elite and the guy that's throwing it is elite? So those are two players that come to mind. But the the media, uh, sweethearts, um, small school guys – that stand out, and I got the list in front of me, uh, so I don't forget. Um, Dan Moore Jr., Ben Cleveland, David Moore stands out from the offensive line. Um, we have Jalen Moore, who stands out. All of these, all of these, just small school. Guys, minors, uh, yeah, Quinn Miners, and uh, Dylan Radens. Excuse me if I'm butchering their last names, but Dylan Radens, um. 
and Miners had had a great week. Um, really impressed with Jalen Moore as well. Um, Trey Trey McKitty is a tight end that I've been talking about, and uh, I have to watch more tight ends. But going into the Senior Bowl, nobody was talking about him that I saw. Um, he he was my tight end one. A lot of people have Hunter Long as their tight end one, but my tight end group is going to look way different than most people's. Um, mine is very different because I, I kind of get and I see what, what teams are valuing in the tight end position. And I hope, well, I, I would think that, that people within the league want to get themselves more of a um, threat at tight end. You'd think that they would have uh, caught on to it with Rob Gronkowski, but I guess they didn't get the memo. Um, Trey Brown was a guy that I said beforehand would have a good week. Keith Taylor, another guy I said before, would have a good week. These are like, excuse me for not being as excited as others because I've already I've seen it before it happened. Um, just just some confirmations. You know, that's really it, some confirmations. Uh, another guy, Christian Uphoff, um, he didn't necessarily do as well. I'm not going to say as well as I thought. I knew he would struggle, but his his presence was known. That's a good thing. I think he could be a special teamer. I think he could be he could make a team or be on a practice squad and provide some leadership, provide some um, good special team um, production. Um, I don't necessarily see him as a starter yet, maybe a developmental guy. Um, but you look, look at this, um, Dalen Hayes had an excellent week. Jonathan Cooper had an excellent week. Um, defensive lineman, Levi Arunsurike, Teron Jackson, Des Fitzpatrick, Dwayne Eskridge. You know, Des, Des showed a great ability to get off of press, um, an ability to finish. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge, a guy I've been talking about for months. Finally, people are understanding and knowing about his greatness and how he'll project to the league. So it's been awesome for me personally just being able to 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 kind of get into the process a little bit earlier this year and um you know just trying to work my way and 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 perfect or reach excellence within my craft um it's been a, it's been a, it's been a nice road I, i'm very excited when i look at it this that way um i get very excited about it because this is a journey i do not know everything and it's always good to kind of have that time as you guys know, I talk about some of my past processes when I've left myself a hope just less than a month to look at over 400 prospects due to just my a lot of transition in my personal life. But you guys don't care about that, right? You guys want to hear what I got to say about this. Josh Palmer had a good um, week. Really, he's a guy, another guy on tape. I knew that he's the type of guy that he has all the physical tools and not only that the guy wants to be great and he knows that he could be so much better so the sky's the limit for a guy like Josh Palmer once he gets into a system he really takes autonomy over it and he in in you know I taught I called him a pseudo or you know a baby Corey Davis and a lot of things he did looked like it to me looked like a very reminiscent of a Corey Davis type of wide receiver um he, he reminded me of of very many chargers, charger type of wide receiver, um, Chris Chambers. 
uh, that's who he reminded me of as well. I remember Chris Chambers being a little bit fast, maybe maybe faster, but that body type definitely reminds me of Chris Chambers. And I may be off an inch or two in, as far as weight or whatever, but his body type, how he played stylistically, was very Chris Chambers-like. Um, and then you had Austin Watkins Jr., um, small school guy, but has that body, um, very lean, tall, good route runner. I think that he's a guy that's very similar to Josh Palmer in terms of the sky's the limit um, on his production and how you can use him. Chris Evans was a guy that popped up. I already talked about Kylan Hill. If you uh, um, at the Barnes University, thebarnesuniversity.com backslash blog, or, or you'll find it. It's a blog on thebarnesuniversity.com. I already listed my rankings for quarterbacks. Uh, one through, I think I went to 20 with them one through, I think I went to 30 with the running backs wide receivers. I went all the way up to 40. You can find that on my blog, but I already talked about Kylan Hill, how much I like him. We all know Nod Najee Harris is running back one for me, at least personally. I think that he just provides everything that you need at that position, especially in today's day and age. But Chris Evans was a pleasant surprise. I think that his stock grew. I think he can be uh, a pass catching back, a guy that can come in and give you some productivity as far as being a runner um, as well. And I think he has a maturity, and that's the thing, the maturity and want to to to, to progress and, and really fit a system. It is, a lot of times we look at guys, they don't do the psyche um, analysis of players. They look at a player, oh, he can do this well, he'll automatically fit. And I think that's missing in these evals. Uh Everybody nowadays can find players, can write up these fancy reports, can have large databases. Can You can relatively be correct on how a player projects in the NFL but, but not, or, or how good a player is. But to me, there's a science behind it that goes into psyche, that goes into so much more. The, because when you start to talk about, you're talking about an individual you're not talking about the team. You're not talking about a two-year plan. You're not even talking about a four-year plan. You're not even talking about how that personality matches with that running back room. You know, the ebbs and flows. Like, a, like in a season, is that the type of guy that, that's going to get up and, and, and say a speech that inspires and changes the whole reflection of a season? You know, when you really need it. You know, this is the thing. I know that it sounds movie-like or some people might might call it whatever you want to call it. But it's very important to look at, you know, and a lot of times people don't scout for teams. I've done it for years. I've scouted with a team in mind. So I guess it's, it's kind of ingrained in me. But if you got a running back that's really good and you got another running back that's really good, one is kind of quiet, kind of does his job. And is more of a, a, a steady um, ebbs and flow type, steady, not too high, not too low. Then you got a guy that's very emotional, very inspiring. You might want to send that first running back to New England because you're not going to need a pep talk or whatever to get going. But if you need, if you have a very emotional team that l- allows players to be more expressive, excuse me, players that are more expressive. And might need that, then you might that other one that's just as good might not be a fit in New England. This is all, you know, example. Maybe that running back needs to go to um, 
a team that works more off of emotion, maybe the Titans or um, I'm, th- I'm thinking of recent champions that really were fueled by emotion, like the Eagles run in 2017 or, you know, even the Chiefs, I could say, that are f- fueled off of more being more demonstrative and, and, and self-express themselves. So I really think that's important in terms of how teams are built, uh, keeping that emotional context in mind and form, as far as forming teams. This is something that people who just evaluate the individual don't think about because they're just saying, I'm trying to be right. I'm, trying, I'm saying what he could do, blah, blah, blah. But when you're a team builder, when you're a true architect, you think of how chemistry works, psyche works, and all of the above. But anyway, that was Senior Bowl. It was great. Um, the the portal that they had for the guys that was doing virtual, I appreciate it. Um, and, you know, next year, hope to, to go to everything that I can and uh, really hope to already be on the team. But we will see, man. Thanks for following me. Thanks for being part of the journey. Thanks for listening. And I will see you or hear from you. Or see that you've listened listened on the next one.